Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. And we are back to a game week, as it should be this time of year. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Fresh week, same deals. Dancing Rabbit Golf, great golf course, fall golf, beautiful weather. Amazing weather we've got right now. It is absolutely spectacular outside. DancingRabbitGolf.com, that's where you call to book your tee time. C Spire text line is open at 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. Uh, back from his uh, extended vacation, Brian Haydad joins us alongside Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Good to be with you. Boys, hope you had a great open date weekend, and now it's time to get back to it. And, I mean, for different reasons... Interesting as all get-out football games for both Ole Miss and State, and vital for different reasons. I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss could, I mean, if they get past Auburn the way things are setting up, they will be, I mean, they're favored this weekend. They'll be favored in all but one of their remaining games. And so you can have your second of all time 10-win regular season in two of the last three years. So, so this is a big one if you can get past this test on Saturday. And then for State, I mean, all of all of the noise and the talk is out there. There's no reason to dance around that. A win against Arkansas could really settle a lot of things down. Yeah. On the flip side, it could a loss to Arkansas could make the noise come out of like a hundred decibel level speakers. Hey, Dad. Hope you enjoyed a couple of days off. Good to have you back. It's good to be back. Missed. You. I missed you guys. Well, we- what'd you do? Nothing. I did absolutely nothing, nice. and it was everything I dreamed it could be. Good. All right. You know how we start things off on a Monday. Let's blitz. Going back to Friday night, pretty entertaining game in Memphis. Tulane with the win over the Memphis Tigers, 31-21. to Outscored the Tigers 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter. Also on Friday night, the majority of the free world went to bed at halftime with uh, Colorado leading 29 to nothing over Stanford. If you're like me, you fell asleep with the television on and you woke up at two in the morning and Sports Center was replaying the postgame press conference from Coach Prime and you said, wait, what? 
46-43. Stanford with the come-from-behind win to pick up their second victory of the season over the Colorado Buffaloes. And that was despite Shador Sanders throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns in the game. So Saturday we go. The number one team in the land, well, they stayed perfect. Despite sleeping through 60 minutes of football, 37 to 20, Georgia over Vanderbilt. The story from the game, though, has everything to do with Georgia going forward, and that is surgery coming for their All-America tight end slash wide receiver, Brock Bowers. It's a shame, too, because he, I mean, all the talks about Michael Penix today, understandably so. One of the best players in college football, though, is Brock Bowers. No question. No question about it. Alabama, uh, maybe a little bit tighter than they thought it was going to be. Maybe a lot tighter than they thought it was going to be. But the Crimson Tide wins at home at Bryant-Denny, 24-21 over Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson was 14-24 for just 150 yards. They did have two touchdowns and one of the most ridiculously athletic, strong, stupid plays you will ever see in a college football game. Evan Milrow, 10-21, 238, and a couple of touchdowns in the ballgame. Florida State remains undefeated. They hosted Syracuse. Syracuse forgot to travel, though. 41-3, Knowles over the Orange. How about another undefeated team that's not in the top 25? James Madison. We talked about it on Friday. Not eligible for the postseason. It's just dumb, but that's the rule. They're undefeated. They beat Georgia Southern 41-13. Ohio State stays perfect on the year with a 41-7 win over Purdue. Kyle McCord in the game, through for three touchdowns and 276 yards. Speaking of undefeated, number two Michigan stays undefeated, 52-7 over Indiana. They fell behind 7-0, things a little tense in Ann Arbor, and then they ripped off 52 unanswered. J.J. McCarthy had three touchdown passes on the day. Illinois goes to Maryland. And they get a win, 27-24. That's two down in a row for Maryland after a 5-0 start. The Illini kicked a 43-yard field goal with just three seconds remaining to get the dub. Oklahoma State, remember how bad they looked early in the year? And they're starting to play some football, hosting number 23, Kansas. Got a 39-32 win in the game. Oklahoma State. Went field goal, field goal, touchdown, missed two-point conversion, field goal to close out the game. They scored the final 15 points of the contest. The Florida Gators went to Columbia, South Carolina, and look out. Go Gator. 41-39. A ooh, bad loss for the Gamecocks. Very bad loss. Billy Napier didn't forget how to coach, guys. Graham Mertz, is he's squeezing every ounce of juice out of the Graham Mertz orange right now. He's playing well. Napier's good. 423 yards and three touchdowns in the win for Graham Mertz. Meanwhile, Spencer Rattler, 23 of 30. He had four touchdown passes in the game, but it wasn't enough. Penn State keeps rolling. They beat UMass 63 to nothing, setting up a big one this weekend. We'll talk more about that coming up later. Drew Aller threw three touchdowns on the afternoon. From Rocky Top, Tennessee 20, Texas A&M 13. The Aggies 4-3 right now. Well on their way to another Texas 8-4 and four, and then some. Maybe even worse. Is he fired yet? Well, you made a bold prediction. 
Tennessee won that game despite Joe Milton completing just 50% of his passes for 100 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Taylor Wright was big on the ground, 19 carries, buck 36 on the afternoon. Game of the day, game of the weekend from the Pacific Northwest. This one lived up to the billing. It was back and forth, and ultimately it was Washington winning at home. Beautiful setting, great crowd, 36-33. That is two really good football teams. Bo Nix threw for 337 and two touchdowns. Michael Penix, 302, four touchdowns. And a big day for former Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson. 20 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown in the game. Iowa went to Camp Randall, and they got another win. Richard, you're winning our argument. I was about to text you after that game. I said, man, they go to Camp Randall and win, and they scored 15 points. 15-6, Iowa over Wisconsin. Iowa's quarterback is Deacon Hill. He was 6-14 of 14 for 37 yards, <laughs> and they won. And they won. Uh, Louisville coming off the Notre Dame high goes to a uh, Steel City low, 38-21. Pittsburgh knocks off the formerly undefeated Louisville Cardinals. Have you checked in on Arizona lately? They go to Wazoo, they go to the Palouse, and they win 44-6. And they're not doing it with the quarterback that began the season. It's Noah Fafita. He was 34 of 43 for 342 yards in the game as Arizona goes to 4 and 3 on the year. Arizona likely the only or the team standing in the way of Coach Prime and bowl eligibility. Good very uh-huh. well be. LSU 48, Auburn 14. LSU outscored Auburn 28 to 11 in the second half. Uh, quarterback, the, the leading quarterback for Auburn was Robbie Ashford. He was three of four for 52 yards of the touchdown. Meanwhile, Jaden Daniels, 20 of 27, 325, and three touchdowns in the win. And Logan Diggs scored a touchdown on 97 yards as well. K State goes to Lubbock and they beat Texas Tech 38 to 21. Air Force stays undefeated with the 34 27 win at home. Over the Wyoming Cowboys, Air Force, the number one rushing team in all of college football. Why, you ask? Oh, I don't know, because they went and ran it for, oh goodness, how many was it? 356 yards in the win against Wyoming. Looking forward to Air Force versus Oregon in the Cotton Bowl. That should be a fun one. Uh, That'd be a little bit of a contrast of styles. Missouri 38, Kentucky 21. It's time for me to say it out loud. Missouri's good. They're yeah. good. Yeah. And yeah. they got the win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who's not good? Southern Cal's defense. They got curb stomped in the land of the Catholics. 48-20, Notre Dame over Southern Cal. And uh, it was a big win for the Fighting Irish at home. Caleb Williams threw for just 199 yards and three interceptions. He probably is not going to repeat as the Heisman Trophy winner. Pedestrian day for Sam Hartman, 13 to 20, buck 26, and two TDs. North Carolina, 41-31. Drake May has really come to life over the last couple of weeks. He was 17 to 33, 273, and four touchdowns with no picks. In the game. Just a couple of more. Oregon State 36-24 over UCLA. Duke without Riley Leonard 24 to 3 over NC State. And that is your blitz. Elko's doing a heck of a job at Duke, man. Really is. Really, really good. We got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. 
in the Pearl River Resort studio. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. The sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. have a quick moment of silence and thankfulness and gratefulness for the canopy of blue with the temperature in the mid to upper 60s that we are experiencing fantastic. in the great state of Mississippi <clears throat> today. What did you refer to this as this morning? Uh, what did I refer to it as? It's hey dad weather. Oh, it is hey dad weather. It is. It's Richard weather too, uh, especially yeah. on the uh, the heels of um, a, a warm summer, waiting for it, makes it feel like football. The scary thing is, especially if you are uh, a parent, if you blink for too long, it's going to be Christmas. I mean, yeah. we're like, okay, there's six weeks left in the regular season, and there's Thanksgiving in that last of the six weeks, and then we go to the first week of December and championship game, and then bowl games, and boom, Christmas. Let's not wish it away. Let's enjoy these uh, next six weeks or uh, certainly attempt to. So this is normally where we would jump in and we would start talking about the uh, the games that were over the uh, the past weekend. But the truth of the matter is we didn't have games last weekend. So we will kind of start to look ahead. Uh, hey, Dad, Borky teased it right out of the gate. This is a really, really big week for both Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. Mississippi State going on the road uh, to an Arkansas team that has not been home for five weeks. I mean, it's crazy to think that it's been that long. They haven't played a home game since they hosted BYU. Yeah. And and they lost that one. Um, Yeah. Since then, they've been to uh, Arlington for the the game against Texas A&M. They've been on the road to Oxford. They've been on the road to Tuscaloosa. And now they get to finally come. Oh, there was a road trip to LSU right after the uh, the BYU game. Yeah. Arkansas has lost five in a row after starting the season 2-0. and The crazy thing is, when you look at those three true road games, it's a three-point loss to LSU, a seven-point loss to Ole Miss, and a three-point loss to Alabama. So it's really easy for us to look at Arkansas and go, oh, bad team. They're 2-5. and five. They're winless in the SEC. And maybe that's true. I mean, those numbers are true. Maybe it is true that they're just a bad football team. But to play to a field goal in Baton Rouge, a touchdown in Oxford, and a field goal in Tuscaloosa kind of makes you question the, are they a bad team? Or are they just outmatched? What, what, what do we think about Arkansas right now? Are they a good bad team? Is that, is that what you're, you're asking me? Are they a team that's they're not they're 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 good, but they can't win. They don't know how to win. 
and not having Rocket Sanders has hurt them a lot. He will not be available this week. Sam Pittman told us that uh, in his press conference earlier today. I wonder with Arkansas mentally where they are because I feel like they're in one of two places, right? They're either in the, okay, we're so close and we can turn this around and we're playing a Mississippi State team that's not very good, so let's let's focus on getting this win. Or are they in the spot where they're like, we just we, we're we're they're just broken? They've lost five straight close games, and they're just like, what 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 do we have to do? Um, I think probably knowing Sam Pittman and, and knowing the way that he coaches, that they're probably closer to option A. They probably look at this as a big opportunity and they a chance to get their season a little bit back on track. So that's why it's, it's going to be so important for State. And Arnett hit on it a little bit today in his press conference. To, they got to come out of the gates fast on Saturday when they get there. They they need to be up seven nothing. They need to play with the lead for a little while. Get that Arkansas crowd frustrated. It's an eleven a.m. kick, so you got you got a chance to to have a, a sleepy crowd as it is. If they can do that, you know they might have some opportunities. But if you let Arkansas build up some confidence and you know let KJ Jefferson have time to throw, the way you've done the last four games that you played, five games that you played, really, then it's going to be a long day for Mississippi State. If if Arkansas loses this game to Mississippi State, then I subscribe to option B in your scenario. Going to Florida, yeah. like it might be ugly. They're over. It's done, it's done at that point. Yeah, I but, agree. But given the way that, I mean, they played their high knees off against Ole Miss and couldn't get it done. They played their high knees off mm-hmm. this past weekend against Alabama and couldn't get it done. I, I think Sam Pittman is able to get one more play their high knees off performance. Yeah. And see One more what happens. The orange. And 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 yeah. if they win that game, then they start looking at the remaining schedule and going, okay, we got to go to Florida, and that's hard, and they're better at home, and that's a team that's getting better, but they're not a great team. And Auburn's bad, and they're coming to our place, and we get FIU, and that should be a win, and then who knows what happens in a uh, a manufactured rivalry game at the end of the year, which is also a home game, but. Arkansas can't do like the well this and this and this and this and this. It's mm-hmm. we got to get through Saturday, and then we got an open date, but we can't do anything about the rest of it unless we win yeah. this one. They are straight up one game at a time. You know, coaches love to say it all the time, but that's where Arkansas is. They are one game at a time. They need to beat Mississippi State. Mississippi State's there too. Mississippi State is one game at a time. They need to beat Arkansas. Then they need to beat Auburn, and then you go from there. So you hate to say it, it's only you're only seven games in, but somebody's season is gonna end on Saturday in, in Fayetteville. Yeah. The loser of this game is 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 for all intents and purposes done. And and you know the the same rationale that I just used with the rest of Arkansas schedule, you can do the exact same thing with Mississippi State schedule. They're they're actually a game better than Arkansas because they've got the win against Arizona, whereas Arkansas lost that game to BYU. So for Mississippi State, it's an absolute must win. And we don't throw that around very often. But this game for this season for Mississippi State on Saturday at 11 a.m. in Fayetteville is an absolute must win. Absolutely. And then you're like, okay, well, if you win this one, hold on now. All right, everybody take a breath. We all get that the first half of the year wasn't worth a flip. And we understand that we are winless in conference play, but we just won one. Now we got Auburn, and they're bad. And then we get Kentucky. They're not great. Terrible just, on the just, road, too. Just very okay. 
And then we go to A&M, and who knows what A&M is going to be at that point. And you get a home game against Southern Miss, and then, oh, by the way, you get to host the Egg Bowl, and sometimes weird things happen. But the only thing that matters right now is this Saturday in Fayetteville. they they got to win this Saturday. Yeah, state schedule is so weird in that you're correct. The, the, The SEC, once you get past, like, the fourth best team, which I think is Missouri, Tennessee is in that discussion. Tennessee, Missouri, I think Ole Miss is a very solid three. You know who the top two are. LSU is in there, too. But LSU is a problem because they can't stop anybody. So you can't – I don't know how to take them super seriously. I think they're defense. Everybody else, though, it's it, it might be. But they played Auburn last week. That's not a good yeah, that's, that's gauge. Right. You're right. So, You're right. So, for me, the rest of the SEC is just like this big mountain of whoever. And anybody could beat anybody. So yeah, there's a scenario, yeah, where state comes out and plays well, and then you know they beat Arkansas and they beat Auburn, they play Kentucky, and also they got some momentum going. But there's also a scenario where they're four and eight, and I don't know. That's that was the, the focus of today's Thunder and Lightning podcast, and we'll, we'll bring this here. Is like, I don't know which way they're at the fork in the road right now, and I don't really know which way they're going to go. I'm leaning towards the, the 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 dark path, but that's. That's just maybe that's just because I've watched them play every game and I just haven't been impressed by anything this year. May I remind you too that when you come to a fork in the road, you should take it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Thanks, Yogi. Yeah, Forky. I mean, you didn't even hesitate a second ago when Haydad said, "For one of these teams, yeah, at three o'clock on Saturday night." For all intents and purposes, the season is over. I agree, especially when you look at you know what Arkansas is leading up to this point, and then what still is is ahead of Mississippi State and, and the way they played to this point. Yeah, I agree. It, what, what an interesting spot a loss would put both athletic directors in and a win. Take Arkansas for example. Forget the the, the state side of it. You mentioned it. What, 13 combined points in the last three games, all on the road, in Baton Rouge, where, frankly, I think a bad head coaching decision kind of took the ball out of their hands late. But still, I mean, they they got beat by a last-second field goal in Baton Rouge. They had the lead in the fourth quarter in Oxford. Had the ball driving down two in the fourth quarter in Tuscaloosa and, frankly, got whistle-whipped. The officials didn't do them any favors. Uh, Stop me if you've heard that one before. The road team didn't get calls in Tuscaloosa that they should have. And so if you're Arkansas, do you look at this? uh, Like, hey, that's it. What are you? Are are you just so close but not there? And why aren't you there? And what do you do with that? If you're in a position of leadership at Arkansas, looking at this team and the way they've played and how close they've been, but close counts for nothing in this in this conference. I mean, we bring it up with Missouri all the time. What's the crowd like Saturday? For the Arkansas-Mississippi State What's the crowd like Saturday? That that factors into a decision as well. Yeah, I think that matters. The weather, it appears, is going to cooperate big time, and they hadn't played at home in over a month. I'd be good. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Good to be with you. I did have one other question about the uh, Mississippi State-Arkansas game. I know, hey, Dad, we got uh, we got no official news from Zach Arnett today about the health of Will Rogers. I've heard a lot of people say that they do not expect Will Rogers to play on Saturday. I- any information that you've gathered, any light that you can shed on that? You can hear one more person say it. That would be me. I don't expect Will Rogers to play. Um, I don't know how long he's out for, you know, because uh, Arnett, like you mentioned, is is not giving up any kind of information. My, my, I, I am hopeful that some of the ESPN folks who will call the game this weekend will be able to get that information out of him in a way the local media never has been able to, and we can get an idea of how long Will Rogers is going to be out. But I am not expecting Will Rogers to play on Saturday. I think this will be Mike Wright's game. Is that good or bad? <laughs> There's nothing either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. Uh, that is, if you're a person like me, you know, one of the things I always say is that yards are yards, right? That I don't care if you run or pass. If you get yards, you get yards. So, like, what's the difference between 200 yards passing and 150 yards passing and 50 yards rushing? It's all the same, right? And and I feel like State's big play potential goes up with with Wright because he can escape the pocket, he can escape pressure. He's less likely to take a sack than Will Rogers, so you're less likely to be behind the chains. But then again, on you know third and five, six, seven, you know I think Rogers is probably better at converting those than Wright is. So I think I think if you made me pick. I think it can be a good thing for Mississippi State because they, they get a more explosive athlete back there. I also think, you know, speaking of injuries, I don't know how available Woody Marks is for this week. I don't know how available Jeff Pittman is for this week. So if that's the case, State needs another threat in the running game, and that's what Mike Wright can give them. So I, I think it could be. And plus, you know, with, with Arkansas, they have film on Mike Wright, obviously, but they don't know exactly what he's going to do in this offense. So maybe that gives State just a little bit of an edge. Against old or against Arkansas, Jackson Dart carried the ball twelve times. Now you remember he was a little banged up. He gained fifty yards. Up, yeah. Sack yardage factored in, so he finished with thirty three yards rushing net in that game. Uh, I wanted to go back and see what LSU did. I think that was week four. Is that right? Yeah, I know Daniels had to have at least fifty yards rushing because he's on a streak of that, right? Uh, Jaden Daniels in the run game carried it 10 times for 45 yards. He was sacked twice, and so his net rushing total was 36. So two of the better running quarterbacks in the SEC in Jackson Dart and Jaden Daniels were both, in terms of net yards, under 40, and total yards 50 or less. And obviously there's a big threat of throwing the football with with those two guys, so it's not like you're selling out necessarily to stop the quarterback run. Is Arkansas's defense a little better than maybe we've given them credit for being? Absolutely. Yeah, they're pretty good defensively. They're pretty good defensively. Yeah. All right. We'll pick up Mississippi State and Arkansas in a little while. Let's uh, let's flip over to Ole Miss. Rebels travel to Auburn 
to take on the Auburn Tigers at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Um, I actually think Auburn caught a break with the kickoff time in this game. Oh, yeah. With it being a night game. Jordan-Hare Stadium is great. Not good, great. It feels like college football. And my guess is that it will be packed to the gills on Saturday night. There's some emotions in in this one, it seems like. Uh, Yeah, probably. And what, you know, what's interesting about this is there are a lot of people, and understandably so, I I get it, talking about the history or lack thereof of Ole Miss success in that stadium. I I certainly get it. I don't subscribe to the history stuff, especially when how many players on Ole Miss's team played there two years ago. When Ole Miss played at Jordan-Hare in 2021, how many current Ole Miss players were on that team that lost there? You know, I don't know the answer to that, but uh, my guess is it's a small number. I, I mean, a quick run through. Quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, tight end, all different. One guy on the defensive line uh, was on the Auburn sideline that night. Uh, another one was there. The rest weren't. Linebackers weren't there. Basically, the entire secondary wasn't there. Defensive coordinator wasn't there. So, well, remember in 21, this happened. Well, everything was different back then. I, I don't subscribe to the, to the history stuff. It's I mean, a difficult place to play. What should encourage you is two things, actually. One, all the stuff shouldn't impact the current Ole Miss players because none of them played for and most of them weren't recruited by Hugh Freeze. Maybe Sector Johnson was. But they don't even know who the guy is. They, 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 they don't know what happened at Ole Miss. They have no ties to it. They have no emotions You got me there. wondering on that one. I mean, it's possible, since he's been around forever, it's possible that he was. But Hugh Freeze got fired before the 2017 season. But... None of these guys. Did, did you say played for or have played against? Played for or ha- or were recruited by? No, now, yes, Cedric Johnson is class of twenty twenty, so no, no chance. Now he may have been recruited by, uh, probably not. But I mean, no, I guess it's possible that there was a grader, phone no. call. Uh, if he was a class of twenty twenty and Freeze was fired in seventeen, he wouldn't have been in eighth grade when. I think Borky just in- inadvertently made his first phone reference of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. Oh, they're coming. But that, that should be – because they won't get wrapped up in all that crap because they have no relationship with the guy. They, they weren't around. It, it, he's, he's, just, he's not part of it. And two, this team, you would think, is battle-tested, right? They've been in they, – they played in Tuscaloosa, and they lost there, but they still played there. And they've been in weird spots multiple times this season. They were down late in New Orleans against Tulane. They were down two scores midway through the fourth quarter against LSU. They were down in the fourth quarter against Arkansas. So they've kind of been through games where, whether it was a weird start like in Arkansas or Trey Harris gets hurt on the third play in Tulane or Dart gets hurt on the second play in Arkansas or your defense is getting beaten down up up and down the field, up and down the field for three quarters with LSU. And they've, they've won and they've played well and they've overcome that. So, yes, it's a difficult place to play. Historically, they don't do well there. You've got an experienced quarterback and a team that has overcome adversity multiple times already this season. I would be shocked if the environment gets to them, if that's something that they are intimidated by. Maybe it is, but 
it, well, it feels I, like they've kind of been through it already this year to where that shouldn't intimidate them. I don't think the, the environment is an issue to start the game. I don't think the environment is an issue in the second quarter. And Ole Miss has the ability to, to kind of take the crowd out of the game. To me, the only spot that the environment could become an issue is if Auburn hangs around and hangs around, You know whether it means they play great and they hang around or Ole Miss plays poorly and they hang around. If you get to the fourth quarter and it's a game, that's when Jordan-Hare can become a problem because it gets loud and right on top of you. It's just a really, really good crowd, and Auburn plays better, and they play more confident at home. I'm not sure that I believe anymore that seven points is what a home field advantage is worth in college football. I think it's a little less than that, probably more like four or five when odds makers are making the spread. I think Auburn is a touchdown home crowd difference. And and if you believe that, that means Ole Miss got to win this game by, by more than a touchdown. And on paper, they should. They should. Uh, that, that's, that, we talked about it a little bit last week, but that's why, it, unless this game gets weird, Ole Miss is better at quarterback. They're better at running back. Although, Auburn's got a good one, but still, they're better there with the one-two punch. Better at receiver. They're, they're better at, at basically every spot on the field. And so if they play to their capabilities and don't get caught up in stuff or if Dart doesn't make an early mistake or something like that, if they just come out and play clean A football, they cannot lose if they play to their capability. Now, if they don't, all bets are off. But if they go in there and they play well and they execute, they will win the game. Auburn can't beat Ole Miss's A game. They can beat their B, but they can't. I don't think that they can line up and beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss's best. I agree with that. Hey, Dan, I said to Borky last week, and we don't really have time to necessarily dive deep into it here. I want you to think about this. I feel like this is a week where Ole Miss has to approach this as just another SEC game. Anything other than that is the wrong approach to this game. Let's talk about that on the other side of the timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Fire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Get your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. Um, let's see here. Ole Miss success will largely depend on the health of the receivers this week. Blaine Kiffin kind of addressed that today. He said Watkins will play. That's all I've got for you. Said he and uh, I believe we anticipate it, Watkins playing. That's yeah. all I got for you. Which is his go-to line. Um, and I understand why he's doing that. Although I mean Auburn's going to prepare for him, and they're going to 
prepared, not for him. They are aware that there's some kind of injury. Um, what I don't like about stuff like this, frankly, is what it says to the fans, because there are fans that are going to hear Lane Kiffin say that they anticipate Watkins playing, and then when he doesn't play Saturday, they're going to be like, hey, what the heck? You told me he was playing. Why didn't he, why didn't he play in? And I, I don't like... I don't like that. I think that fans deserve some transparency when it comes to stuff like that. But um, LSU, the only team in the league that's that's full on doing that. Well, Georgia was pretty transparent about Bowers today. I mean, I guess you can't hide it. And, and <laughs> but he's having surgery and may not appear for the rest of the year. You might as well go ahead and address it. Yeah, I, I guess so. But um, it sounds like Harris is healthy. Uh, I mean, there's there's no concern there, and for whatever it's worth, there's no concern with Dart either. Um, right. But but I'm with you, and, and you know he was asked multiple times today about Auburn, and he didn't take any bait. He complimented Hugh's treatment of his brother because remember Lane's brother worked at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. Was complimentary there. Uh, said don't be fooled by LSU's numbers against the Auburn defense; they're good there, and, and didn't. He didn't do any of that on Monday. Now, you know, there's still time to tweet, and there's still a teleconference Wednesday, and there's still a coach's show, so maybe there's time. But he, his answers today were very much, I, I don't care. It's a so, game. And, and that's that should be encouraging, because that's not what you heard in Alabama week at all. All right, hey, Dad, so we get this message. Maybe I didn't set up before the break this the way that, that I thought I should. I think when I say Ole Miss has to approach this as just another game, I'm not being flippant about that. I mean approach it the way you would any other SEC game, the way they did for Arkansas, the way they prepared for LSU. Alabama probably a bad example because that week is weird for Lane Kiffin every single year. And to me, that's how you, you – I mean, they talk about pro mindset all the time. This is one of those weeks where that that's the way you do it. You, you prepare, you get ready, you have a good game plan, it's business as usual, and then go play football. Do you agree that that's the, the right way to approach this week? Yeah, especially when, like what Borky was saying, there's, there's no connections anymore for Ole Miss, this team – and Hugh Freeze. So, you know, for fans, yeah, this isn't the same, right? Ole Miss fans, they want to see Hugh Freeze go down. They also want to see, you know, after what happened with Kiffin last year, they want to, you know, say, hey, he made the right choice. Look how much better we are than Auburn. For fans, it's totally different. But for Ole Miss's team, this is not like he's going over there with Jordan Tamu and A.J. Brown and those guys, all right? Those guys are gone. This is a team that none, of, hardly any of, none of them should have been recruited by Hugh Freeze. There's an assistant coaches. I guess Derek Nix is still there, maybe a couple others, but I mean, there's just not the emotional baggage on the Ole Miss side that there is for for Freeze and Auburn. We get two texts that are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One of them comes three minutes ago. It says, "Just another game? No way possible." I completely disagree with that, and if you treat it as anything else, I think you're setting yourself up for problems. But then on the flip side, no current players or staff have anything to do with freeze. Why wouldn't it be business as usual? Well, hold on a second. Why wouldn't it? Because of the way that Lane Kiffin's name was associated with the Auburn job and the history with Hugh Freeze and all of those things. Those are the reasons that it wouldn't be. 
And he's just right down the middle between those two things. Is it a big game? Yeah, it's an SEC game on the road when you're on the cusp of breaking into the top ten and you've got a stretch of games that are full of opportunity. And so you better go out and play your best. And if Ole Miss goes out and plays its best, it's probably three touchdowns better than Auburn. Yeah. At least. If we were Sports Talk Alabama, I would be concerned about the emotions from my head coach today. That's what I'd be telling the fans is I'd be worried about Hugh Freeze's emotions. And maybe he controls him and maybe he coaches a great game. That's entirely possible. He's done it before. He can he'll do it again too. But when it comes to the emotional side of it, I'd be concerned about Hugh Freeze's if I were an Auburn fan, if he would be able to handle coaching against Ole Miss in this spot. This is not fall nineteen ninety nine, Ole Miss going to Auburn with Tommy Tuberville on the other sideline. That's not what this is. Right. That was emotional for the fan base, for the team, for everybody. That's not what this is. This is a different deal than that altogether. Four o'clock hour, that means winners and losers when we come back. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Show every day brought to you in part by Gentile Apparel. Gentile is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Cool outside now. That's a good time for some of the outerwear, whether it's the layering pieces like the uh, performance quarter zips or maybe you like the, uh, the cotton quarter zip. I had one of those on. Got a little uh, toasty in the studio. And uh, a whole lot of other options. Or maybe you're looking for uh, quilted jackets or I don't know what exactly it is that you're looking for. they got great vests to choose from. But you're going to need some of that as fall rolls around. And you're going to love all that they've got at genteelapparel.com. That's genteelapparel.com. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Let's get to some winners and losers. All I do is win. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. And a winner never quit. What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? That's how we sort them. Winners and losers. Some of yours already coming in. On the C Spire text line, you can hit us up at 601-879-4395. Hey, Dad, since you didn't work the last two days, we'll let you start off. It's time for you to start playing catch-up, getting some work done, putting in the time. Give me a winner, baby! A lot of options this this past week. Just a ton of, and and same for losers when we get there as well. I'm going to go with Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz. We love to make fun of those guys, but, but... They're good. That's a good football team. 
They're very close to being undefeated at this point and being a, like a real question mark, but they're well on their way, I feel. I mean, look at their schedule. You know, I think they're well on their way to eight, nine wins probably. I mean, that that's just a good team. Brady Cook's playing well. Drinkwitz is coaching well. They're fun to watch. They got a superstar in Luther Burden. This is a good team. Fork, you give me a winner. How about Washington? I mean, and you know, yeah. honestly, I, I still think Oregon, if they run the table, uh, has a chance to to still be the playoff team that people thought that they were. That was an incredibly well played football game. People are questioning Dan Lanning at the end of the game. I don't think that's where we should be questioning him. I think it's right before the half, not taking points and going into the locker room with nothing when you didn't have to decide whether or not to win or lose the game in that spot. It should be more scrutinized than the decision at the end of the game. But either way, incredible scene. You had kind of like the foggy, you know, overcast Seattle afternoon. The crowd was incredible. Michael Penix was incredible. They stormed the field after the game. It really is a shame that that will now be a Big Ten game, honestly, because uh, the Pac-12 is really, really fun this year, and those two teams are awesome. And now Washington's in the driver's seat to be a playoff team. And, buddy, I think that they can compete with anybody in college football. This isn't one of those years where you'll get a a team from an obscure conference that's just going to get smoked by Georgia when they get there. I think Washington's legit and can win a national championship, and I think they showed it on Saturday. We'll go snake draft. I'll give you two quick ones, and then we'll go back to Borky, and then uh, and then back to Hey Dad. Uh, winner number one, aerial video. The overhead shots of Husky Stadium on Saturday, incredible, and the overhead shots of Neyland Stadium on Saturday. Say what you want to about Tennessee when they do the whole checkerboard the stadium thing. It's really cool. It's really well done. And the overhead shots of stadiums that are absolutely packed to the to the brim are I, like they they just they they make my eyes water almost that they are just absolutely spectacular. That's winner number one for me. Winner number two for me is kind of a two for one, kind of a combo. William Hall Napier and Graham Mertz. William Hall Napier actually goes by Billy. You may have heard of him. He's the head coach of the Florida Gators, and that Florida team was not pretty early in the year. They, they they just weren't. They lost the game at Utah and were able to do very, very little offensively. They beat McNeese State, and they beat Tennessee, and they beat Charlotte, and then they got punched in the mouth by Kentucky on the road. I mean, Kentucky just embarrassed them. They come back and they get a win over Vanderbilt. Now, I will give you, South Carolina is not a great football team, but that was a gutsy win for Florida. And now they get two weeks to get ready for Georgia, who will be playing without Brock Bowers. And they got Arkansas and LSU and Missouri and Florida State. Look, it's not an easy stretch run for the Gators. But for all of the folks that were, it's time to get rid of Billy Napier and move on again, and you're going to have to get rid of the athletics director too because you can't let him hire another new coach and all of that stuff. At least for now, Florida has put that to bed, and it's largely because of the play of Graham Mertz, you know, the former five-star that was great in his very first game at Wisconsin, and then not very good since, and you wonder what that coaching staff did to develop him because they didn't get a whole lot out of him. But this Florida staff is getting a lot out of Graham Mertz, including throwing for over 400 yards on the road 
in a win against South Carolina. Borky winner. Uh, Stanford, they were down 29 to nothing midway through the third quarter on Friday night. It was the largest comeback in Stanford history. It was the fourth largest comeback in the history of the conference at any point in the game. So midway through the third quarter, I would like to see a, a little bit more on that. But that's the stat. Largest halftime deficit overcome to win in the history of the league, and that was the largest blown lead in, in Colorado football history. I'm really happy, by the way, that that happened quite frankly, because everybody in college football media skipped right over what was already known in the Pac-12 to look at Shadour Sanders. And this is not an anti-Shadour thing. It's just they beat two bad teams, and suddenly he's the third best quarterback in America, and and he's shooting up draft boards, and everybody needs to talk about how great Shadour is. And they skipped right over Michael Penix, an established multi-year starter in college football who's got a good story and he's a good smart dude and he's thoughtful and like he's everything that you want in a college quarterback and he's an elite level player and he's in that conference and everybody just skipped right over him to to talk about and look at Shador well I'm glad that that's over now and the country can start paying attention to the best quarterback in the Pac-12 not named Caleb Williams and right now Michael Penix is playing better than Caleb Williams At least he did yesterday, or Saturday. I'm glad that we now get to put all that to bed and focus on the greatness that is Michael Penix. The country got to wake up to him, finally, halfway through the season. That's Penix. If Desmond Howard's listening, Penix. There's an X on the end of that. You really got to stress it, otherwise you sound (laughs) like an idiot. Point that out in case Desmond Howard is tuning in. Um, Wait, Desmond I think by the way, Michael Penix like an idiot in related. Movies. I know, right? The darndest thing. Yeah, I might. And by the way, the whole best quarterback not named Caleb Williams. He might just be the best quarterback. Might right? be. Just take that that qualifier out. What if I threw a hot ah. take at you and said he's the uh, that Caleb Williams is the third best quarterback in the Pac-12? Ooh, that's spicy. We we talked about that earlier in the summer. We were like, this: there's so many great quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 this year that you know somebody's got to be the third or fourth best guy. And I mean, they're they're just there. They're just they're just playing. They're just fun football to watch, which I watched a lot of it this weekend. Um, another winner. I want to stay in the SEC, but I don't feel like I feel like you have to say like Alabama and Georgia and Ole Miss, even though they didn't play, are the winners because it's just you're just seeing how much of a divide there is between. And we put Missouri up there, but they're just they're just kind of there. LSU, Tennessee is going to lose this. LSU until I see them stop a defense, an offense with a pulse, I can't I can't get too too fired up for them. Okay. But there's 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 a there's a really big gap this year. So I mean, if you really want to put somebody as a winner, it would be Ole Miss because Alabama and Georgia expect to be in that position. Ole Miss this year, you know, they're 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 clearly the third best team. And on on a given day, if they ever put it together, they ever play offense like they played against LSU and defense like they played against Alabama. Sky's the limit. Flip it to the other side, losers. Losers. Put an L on the front of your cap and wear it. You are a loser. Colorado. Go ahead, hit it. Yeah. Oh, I, I was like, where? I, I thought you yeah, were going somewhere. Yeah, that's the watch celebration. There. Yeah, the, the, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Um, you, you already sort of hit on South Carolina, and I think Borky wanted to go a little deeper on that later, but that's just not a good football team. When they beat Mississippi State, I, you know, some state fans were like, oh, they'll end up being... Good. No. I was, I was saying it then, I'll say it now. No, that's not a good football team. That's why I'm sort of concerned with Florida. Like, South Carolina's defense, they've given up 400-plus passing yards to Graham Mertz and Will Rogers. You know, I don't know... I don't know if that's the best sign of a of a, of, a, of a good defense, but that's just not a good team, and they still have to play a, some decent teams. They may only win four games. We will uh, we will pick up winners and losers on the other side of this short timeout. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We continue with winners and losers. Hey, Dad gave us a tease of South Carolina with uh, thoughts that Borky would like to further dig the grave of the Gamecocks. Not yet, but yes, there's uh, post game audio from Shane Beamer that uh, is being hotly. Uh, debated today, but uh, Louisville, Louisville was six and zero, beat Notre Dame, stormed the field, and they're my classic validation example, Borky. It, it was, and then they blew it because they went to one and four Pittsburgh and got beat by seventeen points. Now there was a weird phenomenon that I was hoping would happen in the ACC, where there were three undefeated teams going into Saturday. There were three undefeated teams in the ACC: North Carolina, Louisville, and Florida State. None of which would have played each other. So there could have been a scenario where you had three undefeated teams in the ACC and only two spots in their conference championship game. And Louisville ruined the fun by losing to Pittsburgh this weekend. What a terrible loss in a promising season. That's awful. You and I, both of our fishy lines last week, we were correct for the wrong reasons. Yeah. We both thought that the favorite should have been favored by more, but in reality, they shouldn't have been favored at all. I had Louisville, and you had Kansas. Mm. But the premise of the segment held true. Those it was fishy. did so not make right. sense. Something, doesn't, something right. doesn't feel right here. Um, there you go. I, I have a loser, but it's not so much in a, like a they-did-something-wrong negative context. But Georgia... Georgia fans, Brock Bowers. Um, he's the best player in college football that doesn't play quarterback. He might be the best player in college football, period, but we look at tight ends differently than we look at the quarterback position or the running back position. But what he means to the Georgia team Specifically the offense, but the team as a whole. I don't know how you measure it. They use him to run the ball. They throw it to him. He's a good blocker. He does everything. He is a mismatch nightmare. And even though he's at the top of everybody's scouting report, 
Nobody can do anything with him. Now, if you've got to play Georgia, you're probably glad that Brock Bowers is not going to be on the field. Ole Miss, November 11th. Florida, two weeks. Yeah, The list goes on. But just for college football fans who like watching great players do great things, that's a big loser to see Brock Bowers likely out for the remainder of the year, certainly for the next month to six weeks, which is the remainder of the year, at least in terms of the regular season. Now, if he's able to get healthy, could he come back for an SEC title game? Could he come back for a you know, college football playoff game? Maybe so. Tightrope surgery, is that what they're doing? The, the same deal that, that Tua had? Yes. For the, yep. for the high ankle Correct. sprain? So... And, and Tua came back from that and played after, what, was it three weeks? No, it was like five weeks. Because it happened in the SEC championship game, and he came back and played in played in the semifinal, or was it the national championship game before he came back? Either way. It's a tough recovery process, but certainly one where you hope he can come all the way back. Yeah. I imagine there's an agent telling him right now, uh, you're done. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to the ceasefire text line. Get some of your winners and losers. We need to work more in. We can as well. Uh, ben, for the well, he is he has let us know. Delta State, number five in the country now, seven and zero, oh, five and zero oh in the Gulf South Conference. They beat North Greenville 49-27. Offense for the Statesman averaging 46 per game. They've got a home game on November 18th against West Florida, who is currently number, I'm sorry, home game against currently number 18 West Florida coming up on Saturday at 3 o'clock in Cleveland. So if you're a Delta State fan, if you're in that part of the uh, the state of Mississippi, it would be great on Saturday to uh, to be there to see Delta State, try and keep it rolling. Undefeated. It's good stuff. Um, hate to say it, but Hey Dad is a winner. The show is better with him. Got to give credit where it's due. And that comes from Bo in Indianola. He's trying to win you back, Hey Dad. I mean, every so often a nugget of truth appears. Appreciate it, Bob. Kevin in Oxford. Kevin, I'm going to use this as an assist to hate that and let him take it from here. I would pay money for Kevin in Oxford to be saying, loser, the show when hate ads on it. I think I would pay money for that, but go ahead. Kevin says, who is the Collinsworth announcer calling the Notre Dame games? Is he kin to Chris Collinsworth? That's the guy we saw in Nashville, Borky. It was it was Jack. Yeah. That's where we messed up. Yeah, that's his that's his son. And I what what was the text I sent you Saturday night, Richard? I said, get your resume to NBC Sports because these guys are awful. You could easily be the voice of Notre Dame football. I mean, listen, you got cross in the name. That'd be a pretty good gig, too. I think so. You have cross in the name. <laughs> Saturday night, 838. <laughs> I feel like we all missed that at first. No, no, I got it. I just I just moved on. 
Hey, Dad sends me, you need to send a highlight reel in your resume to NBC. You could be the voice of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Horrible. I'm I choosing want, to take I just that, want by touchdown the way. Jesus with Richard's face on it. That's all I want. Yeah, it, you know, ESPN, ESPN Friday night was also awful. It's awful. And I'm not a – the announcers are biased guy because the they're not. The overwhelming majority of them do not care if your team wins or loses. You Did just you say don't – ESPN Friday night? ESPN Friday night. It's not everywhere. Well, not – I'm talking about whoever was calling Colorado. Oh, that wasn't yeah, Andre. That was, where, yeah, that was, um, that was Mark Jones and but, Rod Gilmore again. I think Mark Jones and when, Rod when Gilmore. When people cry about the announcers being biased, they're almost, almost exclusively wrong. They're not biased. They don't hate your team. You just don't like that your team's playing poorly, and they point that out. But Friday night was a, a Colorado cheer fest, man. And, and I, I say it many times. I like Deion Sanders. I think the the monologue that he had for his team that they they put out on video this week about how everything is handed to you and you better figure out a plan because when you leave here you're likely not playing in the NFL and you've got to be a man and right now we pamper you. Like I think there is real substance behind the flash to him and I think he's going to win there. It was a difficult takeover. They were 1 and 11 a year ago. I don't dislike the guy. But trying to watch Colorado on television is exhausting. You you might as well have their their radio play by play guy in your ears. With all due respect to to David Kellerman and those guys, those are they're supposed to be like they're employees of the school essentially. There's if, if you put on an Ole Miss game on the radio and you're an Ole Miss fan, you want to hear your guy calling your team's game. And that's not unique to Ole Miss. That's not unique to Ole Miss. That's everybody, and that's how they should do their job. But when it's worldwide leader actively. Actively rooting for one of the teams on the field, it's really just, it's stupid is what it is. And it's obvious. The losers for the weekend. Everybody's picks for this past weekend. It was a crazy college football weekend. I really enjoy watching the world burn. We did okay. I had a rough week in my pick em. I mean, and, and it all sort of swung in that mid-afternoon because I took, I took uh, Oregon plus two and a half. I had four, I took South Carolina plus one and a half, and I had uh, there was one more that I lost in there, and I was just like, it was so close. I could I could have had a great week, and I didn't. So, Borky and I differed on Tennessee, Texas A and M. I was on the Vols side of things. Yes, yeah, swing and a miss there. Well, hold on, hold on. Borky took Texas A and M. I did. Was there a body snatcher? What just happened? I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking that I can use the Texas eight and four thing forever. Oh, you're we're going to get Texas seven and five this year. I mean, let's so. be honest. Let, let's be really honest here. We want Texas A and M to win just enough, uh, just enough. Keep them around forever well, because if they fire him and hire Lance Leopold or somebody like that, then they will probably get better. And I don't think any of us around here want that. All right, this is a really uh, good winner. Did you guys, I don't know if you watched Sunday Night Football last night or not. You had the uh, the Giants at the Bills, and when they were going through the pregame introductions, you know there's always angst about guys, whether they mention their high school or their college or whatever. I can't right. remember his first name. The last name was Pugh, the offensive lineman that the Giants had just called up to rejoin the team. Yeah, And they're like, uh, you know, so-and-so, Michigan, so-and-so, Eastern Washington, so-and-so, Pew, straight off the couch. That's what he said. <laughs> they brought him in to play guard, 
Their starting tackle got hurt during the game. He moves out to left tackle, and he played a really good game for the Giants last night. Clock management? Tyrod Taylor? Eh, less so. There's another loser if you want to add to it. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi on this Monday afternoon, start of a new week, rolling toward games this Saturday. Also a game on Tuesday night with uh, Southern Miss headed to Mobile to take on South Alabama. Golden Eagles looking to snap a five-game losing skid and uh, be a tall task on the road against uh, a good South Alabama team. That is coming your way tomorrow night. We'll talk more about that game during the show tomorrow afternoon. Uh, a reminder also that we will give you a winner from this week's Polk's Pick 6 on Wednesday. Because of the Southern Miss game being played tomorrow night, it was included in, included in last week's games. So uh, we'll have that for you on Wednesday. And we'll get our winner, their prize, headed out uh, as quickly as we possibly can. I think there are a couple of other winners and losers worth uh, worth mentioning. Coming in on the ceasefire text line at 601-879. I have, I have a winner as well. Yes. Uh, well, well, I wasn't here for Food Friday, but I followed the Malcolm Reed party ribs recipe this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, may, I may never cook a whole slab ever again. They were so good. So good. I ate a full slab worth of party ribs, and they were incredible. So I'm a winner. There you go. Fired up the grill last night. Told you, Borky, I thought that was going to be the plan for uh, for, for yeah. Sunday afternoon, evening. It was just right outside. I had a fire going in the fireplace outside, lit the grill. Just good, good Sunday evening all the way around. Threw some steaks on, awesome. some asparagus on. Nice. One piece of salmon just for, uh, I guess that makes it surf and turf. Obi wanted salmon, but ate steak too. So it was whew, yummy, yummy, yummy. There you go. Uh, a couple of things. This is a really good one. Hog in Oxford says, winner, Colorado State against Boise State. They scored three times and recovered three onside kicks in less than a minute to beat Boise State for the first time in school history. D- did you guys follow along with that game at all? I, I kind of did on Twitter. You mean X? Yeah. Stop it. Yes, that's you, yes. I'm sorry. I'm old. I, I I can't help it. No, that's incredible. It's Twitter. It's, and imagine if they don't choke against Colorado, uh, where they would be right now. That's what they should have another. They should have another win, and Colorado should have another loss. Yep. One thing that's well, you talk about. We're going to add this to the losers. So, like, first you had like the people hating on Dion. And they were kind of losers because it was just annoying. But now it's become the people who, when Colorado loses, 
they run to Twitter like, oh, y'all must be so thrilled. Y'all must be so happy that Colorado lost. And I'm just like, I, I don't care that Colorado lost. Like, once they, they took that first loss, once Oregon sort of showed you what Colorado really was, and what anybody who watches college football knew they really were, which was a team that had a huge, long road ahead of it and would be doing well to get to a bowl game this year. But now it's like the haters of the haters are taking over. Those people are losers. Like, it's a good story, and that's all it is. Dion did that, like, in his opening statement after the game, too. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people yeah. out there probably happy we lost. Well, well, no, no one cares, dude. Nobody cares. It's like, at some point, just stop. Or just go win or go lose. Just coach your team. All right, so Boise State trailing 30-10. to 10. Colorado State scores with 6-12 to go to make it 30-10. to 10. Um, is that right? I, I I have so much trouble following these play by play. It's impossible. Like, like trying to. Get, so Braden Fowler Nicolosi heaved a thirty-three yard touchdown pass to Daniel Holker in the end zone on the final play from scrimmage, and Colorado State scored the last twenty-one points of the game to beat Boise State thirty-one thirty. They were down 20 with about six minutes to go. 12-yard touchdown pass with 401 to play. Two-yard touchdown pass with a minute 53 to get three to play. That is incredible. That is incredible. Great, great comeback. So Colorado State big time winner. And then I guess if you're playing the game right, you have to put Boise State in the loser category. You were up 20 with yeah. six minutes to play. Finish the deal. Uh, A lot of blown leads this week. There were. There were. We talk about South Carolina. I mean, loser Kyle Shanahan play calling in the first quarter had the lead, chose to throw the ball three times in a row, went three and out, and ran hardly any time off. I think that was an overall shot at the Denver Broncos. Is that right? Well, the Saints were on what the twenty-seven, right, with a timeout inside a minute left, and. Ran essentially four verts on four consecutive plays and lost. Their final four drives ended on the Houston 27 or better. And they came away with three points in those four drives. Mm. Another dominating day at the office for the defense. And Pete Carmichael still employed as of uh, this conversation today. CJ Stroud's going to be a stud, by the way. That that dude. He's good. Oh, he's wait, good. Wait, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Do you mean to tell me that the Saints aren't going seventeen and up? No, but they got a better well, we shot at making the playoffs. Ago, they lost their did. first game. What happened? Hey, Dad. I, no. I, oh. they, wait, they hadn't lost, have they? Like I stopped paying attention because oh, yeah. you told me they were going to win all the games yeah. and it didn't. It wasn't worth watching. No, oh, well, in that case, yeah, they haven't lost yet. We're just told, we're just making stuff up. Yeah. Okay. Better chance sure. of making the playoffs uh, than the Yankees, though. Oh, oh, oh! No, I mean I've known that this June, man. Yeah, well, it's not like that was a surprise at the end. Yeah, meaningless. He, uh, he had time to. He's in the acceptance phase at this point. I with see. That one. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think you and I are still in denial. Oh, it's not denial. It's obvious. Might, might be anger. Might it, be anger. It's obvious. Know. And you know what's pathetic? When uh, the injury report came out that Trevor Lawrence is hurt, shoulder stuff, day-to-day, whatever, I got excited about the possibility of winning a game because they'll have to play somebody besides him. Like That's the depths of that's this. Is nice. If Trevor Lawrence that's can't play, nice. well, maybe we'll win. That's t- I mean, that's awful. That's By the way, good. you don't need um, to do that. No, American I, League Championship Series fine. is happening right now. Hmm? Right? Yeah. Major League Baseball got a problem? Yeah, play the ALCS at 3 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. I watched a lot of that game last night and had no idea that this game started at 3 o'clock today until I opened up ESPN.com and saw that that was happening. Texas Rangers, by the way, have not lost in the playoffs. They scored four in the top of the first today and uh, won five to one. Did you guys flip over and watch any of Houston and Texas last night? No. No. Okay. There's football on. I understand. At my house, we have this little little device called a remote control, and football games go to commercials. So it's like, hey, let's go watch something else. That is, in, I mean, we can't afford those, Richard. We don't have cross money. It, it's nonsense that they are currently playing a playoff baseball game right now. Right now, it's just total nonsense. Top of the fourth inning on Fox. If you want to watch uh, Rangers ahead five to one yeah. over the Astros, that's how you grow the game for sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that'll establish a young audience for sure. Accessible. Well, it, it, it's also possible that the fact that it's Texas and Houston followed tonight by Arizona and Philadelphia that doesn't have just a whole lot of people locked in. Yeah. I mean, there are actually some really good stories that go along with these playoffs, but that is not um, that is not the grab a massive audience opportunity. Would have been fun if uh, the Orioles was, were still in this. Yeah. Scrappy yeah. underdog, tiny payroll, rumors about the team moving. You can't call them scrappy underdog when they had the best record in the American League. But that's what the Orioles are. They're, they're, they a, are a scrappy underdog. As a underdog. franchise, sure, but yeah. th- that's a really good team, yeah. Yeah. Um, Texas Rangers, two years removed from losing 100-plus games in the regular season. Should be easy for the Giants then. Only lost eighty three. Looking forward to a great run in two years. Yeah. With our female manager. Wait, what? They they interviewed uh, uh I forget what her name is. Jessica Mendoza. They, they're the first franchise. No, no. They have a bench coach who's a who's a woman. I, I do not remember her name, but they interviewed her for the job today or yesterday. Is there like better than an even money chance she gets the job? I, I I don't know. I don't think so. But never know. Hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll wrap up the four o'clock hour with you coming up next. Listen to that word. That word. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. 
on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. golf tournament happening in Mississippi down on the coast at Fallen Oak. It's the Fallen Oak Collegiate Invitational, and this is a tri-hosted event. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss together hosting this tournament. It's got a good field. It includes Auburn, who is number two in the country. Ole Miss is number three. Mississippi State is number ten. And uh, then you've got SMU, who's 27th, and then a couple of other teams that are in the top 100. Auburn currently leading the tournament through two rounds at 11 under par. Mississippi State six shots back in second place at five under. You got Ole Miss at two under. State went low yesterday. They were the uh, the first round leader. Uh, 12 under as a team yesterday, and then they shot seven over as a team today. So kind of a big difference in the scoring yesterday to today. But uh, final round will be tomorrow. In uh, in that as well. Great, beautiful golf course. Don't you know that was nice this morning? A little, little coolness in the air on the Mississippi Gulf Coast on a beautiful track. So very, uh, very cool. Hope that uh, continues to go well for uh, everybody down there. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Uh, the show's brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. It's visitoxfordms.com. You um, uh, you can keep up to date with all the events that are happening. Ole Miss on the road this weekend. We'll be back at home next weekend. Be sure to check out the schedule for double-decker bus tours and all of the other activities that are happening in and around Oxford. You can follow them on all of their social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, or X, and TikTok at Visit Oxford MS. Uh, speaking of next weekend, we've got TV time for yeah. the October 28th games. Here we go. 11 o'clock Central Time on ESPN, straight out of game day. South Carolina at Texas A&M. 2.30 on CBS. That's not These games are not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. 2.30 on CBS. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. Also at 2.30 on SEC Network, Mississippi State at Auburn. Hidden in plain sight. Is it like a witness protection program thing? <laughs> that, that is the witness protection program game. Yeah. If a game falls in the forest... Yeah. Um, six o'clock on ESPN, Tennessee and Kentucky. So uh, in Lexington, I know state fans don't like you freeze for for a multitude of reasons and and whatnot. But will there will, will that game be the same or similar to that of the vibe I'm getting from Ole Miss fans I interact with this week, where it's like Lane Kiffin, please God, put seventy on him. No. No, well, for the main reasons, because Mississippi State fans don't believe 
they're going to win. So there's there's that in and of itself. If Leach were still here and and the team was rolling along, maybe they might be like, hey, can we let's get Freeze one more time? You know, they I think State fans are just got to be settle for that double nickel they put up on him uh, his last game at Ole Miss. And then the uh, the other night game, Vanderbilt at Ole Miss. It's on the SEC Network. I thought that would be the two thirty game. I thought that would be the two thirty uh, SEC Network game, just because it's Vanderbilt. But yeah. it is not. Maybe looking ahead, expecting Ole Miss to beat Auburn, and knowing that's a top ten team. That's yeah. That's that's how you definitely have to look at that for sure. Yeah. Um. That will make every home SEC game that Ole Miss has played a night game. And it would have been every game that they've played at home a night game if not for Lane Kiffin's insistence to play at 1 o'clock yeah. for the season opener. Yeah, and if you get A&M, I mean, I guess we'll find out a week from uh, week from today what the A&M game's going to be like. Yeah. You could have a full SEC slate of home games, which has that ever, ever happened? I mean, Borky ever and never a long time. And, and so... I just I don't I don't remember it happening that way. I'm looking at the schedule. So yeah, you have LSU Alabama. Will CBS do the the night game for that? If that's the case, then Ole Miss will not be on at night. Uh, was that the is that the prime time? Uh, they haven't they haven't announced it yet. They haven't announced. All right, so we're talking week ten. Jacksonville yeah. State at South Carolina, UConn at Tennessee. You got two. Oh yeah, I mean irrelevant. LSU Alabama, Arkansas yeah. Florida, Auburn Vandy, yeah. Missouri Georgia. Missouri Georgia is a big game too. Sure is. Kentucky Mississippi State. Yeah, Texas A&M, Ole, Ole Miss. Ole Miss eleven a.m. I was going to say Missouri Georgia. It, like, is that the CBS my rollout? Yeah, I think so. If CBS can put Georgia and Alabama on on the same day, they're probably going to do it. College football (laughs) fix when we come back. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Clock hour with you. It's Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601 879 4395. Protect and connect. That is the plan that gives your kids the phone that they want and the. Uh, uh, you as a parent, the um, the peace of mind that you need to know that your kids are protected. It's only available from Ceasefire. Get the uh, the device they want, the protection you need. Ceasefire.com. Learn more. Ceasefire. Customer inspired. 
Let's just jump right into the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Trying to find like a master list of what everybody's ESPN Plus games are. Um, but it doesn't really matter. So I was going back to our guessing on TV for November 4th. That is the second CBS doubleheader. I didn't realize there was one this past week. So they had the 11 a.m. 2.30 doubleheader with Georgia Vandy in the 11 a.m. slot, and then Alabama, or excuse me, Texas A&M, Tennessee at 2.30. The other one is on November 4th. And it looks like the games that they will be choosing from that day or what we were talking about a second ago, LSU at Alabama, look, that's going to be the 745 game, Eastern. Yes. So 645 Central. So that means what's the 230 time slot going to be? It's going to come from Alabama, uh, Arkansas at Florida, Texas A&M at Ole Miss, or Georgia, uh, Kentucky. I'm sorry, not Georgia, Kentucky, Georgia, Missouri. And who would have guessed that? Is that the game that makes the most sense for 2:30 that day? Ole Miss, Texas A&M. No, 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 no. Missouri, Georgia. So the CBS doubleheader is not 11 and 6:45. No, no, no. It's two thirty and six forty. It's two thirty. Then yes, then yes, Georgia. Yes, yes. Which is makes... there a scenario where where LSU loses another game and Georgia Missouri is the night game? I guess there's a scenario, but I'm trying to see here the history of that. Game. No, there, there isn't. There isn't because LSU has Army and then they have a bye. So no, they don't. They they will not lose another game. Okay. So check it out. All right. So LSU Alabama will be at six forty five on Saturday night, November fourth. Mm-hmm. There will be a two thirty game that day, and it most likely will be Missouri and Georgia. Mm-hmm. What's Missouri got between now and then? Has Missouri got their open date? They play. Sa- yes, they have South Carolina. Uh, I just looked at it. They have South Carolina this weekend, and then they are off, and then they play Georgia. So does that mean – so there will be an 11 a.m. SEC Network game. There will be a 3 o'clock SEC Network game. Yeah. There will be an 11 a.m. game on ESPN. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. I don't think ESPN is going to put an SEC team at 6 o'clock could it be like? No. Could it be like that Ole Miss game earlier this year when they kicked at five o'clock against LSU, where there's not a full overlap? Maybe. Or it could be like on ESPNU. I just don't think they're going to put A and M Ole Miss on ESPNU. I, I I think Ole Miss A and M is going to be an eleven a.m. game. I think they're going to the roll comes, out of game that's day. The with one Ole coming Miss. out of game day. Yeah, I think Auburn Vanderbilt is your two thirty. 
or three o'clock SEC network game. I think State Kentucky is your SEC network eleven a.m. game, which would be awful, but whatever. And uh, then Arkansas Florida is probably your later in the evening SEC game where they, I guess, if that might be the SEC network game there, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe they go Arkansas Florida at eleven a.m. and they put A and M and Ole Miss in that. SEC Network. I just think ESPN is going to want Ole Miss. I just think ESPN is going to want Ole Miss over Arkansas, Florida. Yeah. Because because Ole Miss should be top 10 team. Yeah, they should have. They played Georgia between them. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, uh, how late in the season is Florida LSU? Jeez. Like LSU and Florida have normally played each other. They don't play each other until the 11th. Gosh. Well, We'll have some fun games in November, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So um, some of the other results from uh, around the league and around the country this past weekend. What what was the game outside of Washington, Oregon, that stood out to you the most? A&M, Tennessee. Okay. Well, uh, in the SEC, anyway. I mean, uh, USC got dominated by Notre Dame. They they made mistakes in all facets. They were always a fraud, though. We knew they were going to start losing games. That 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 should have been surprising to nobody. Uh, But but in SEC land, it's A&M Tennessee. Joe Milton did not get better at all. Uh, I mean, the late Mike Leach said, uh, remember we played the audio on this show about quarterbacks and accuracy. He said, you can teach footwork. You can improve arm strength. You can improve technique. But he said, there are guys, if I remember the quote correctly, there are guys that can just pick up a rock and hit a stop sign with it. And and there are guys that can't do that. And you can't change it in high school. You can't change it in college. You can't change it in the NFL. Joe Milton's one of those guys. He, he has never been accurate, and he still is not accurate. But they did win the game. Looked awful doing it. It, it feels like Tennessee was primed to take a step forward. They didn't. And then the obvious Jimbo Fisher, I mean, embarrassing offense, same old song and dance, and, I mean, the video. Wait, you, you said it looked like Tennessee was ready to take a step forward and they didn't? This offseason, it felt like Tennessee was ready. Oh, 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 okay. They were ready to take that step forward and, and become a contender, and the only difference really is there's no more Hendon Hooker on that team. Well. And they're pedestrian. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. There's awesome. also no more Jalen Big Hyde. talented receiver. Yeah, and there's also no more Cedric Tillman. If you watch Joe Milton play, the big difference with Tennessee is quarterback. If Hinton Hooker were on this team, oh yeah, for sure, they, they biggest, would look dramatically different. Difference, no doubt. And they, they, they lost Brew McCoy a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he has at no point looked good yeah. this season, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the, the game that I, that had my attention was Missouri Kentucky. Because I knew one of those teams was for real. I didn't know who it was, but I was like, one of these teams is going to come out and be really have a chance to have a great season. And I was surprised at how easily Missouri handled Kentucky, even though Kentucky was up fourteen to nothing, and then only scored one more time. I mean, and Missouri just they were just did what they wanted thirty eight to seven after the first quarter. (laughs) Yeah. So I was very impressed with Missouri. I, you know, I kept I, I wanted to keep an eye on LSU Auburn, obviously, and I was watching Notre Dame and USC, but I, I kept coming back to Missouri and, and Kentucky to see how badly Missouri was dismantling them. And the thing is, it wasn't just that Kentucky jumped out to a fourteen to nothing lead; 
they did so in pretty impressive fashion. Nine plays, 65 yeah. yards, almost five minutes, touchdown. Nine plays, 63 yards, almost five minutes, touchdown. I mean, they, they possessed the ball for... And then... What, nine, like nine and a half, almost ten minutes in the first yeah. quarter. And Missouri's first touchdown is comes off of a, a, a fake punt that, you know, they just threw it up and the guy makes a play, but it's not like it was some well-designed play. They just threw a Hail Mary and the guy caught it. And yeah. I was watching that going, gosh, man, Kentucky might have them on the ropes a little bit here. No, other way around. The, the touchdown right before the half was huge. When Brady yeah. Cook found Weiss for the, the touchdown with, what, 15 seconds left in the half, and it's like they go from down 14 nothing to end of the half with a lead. And then Missouri yeah. kicks a field goal, and then they go touchdown, touchdown, field goal at the end for good measure, and it was convincing. Thorough and convincing, and left Kentucky scratching its head, right? Because they were... yeah. They had been fairly I mean, impressive. And Missouri still has, what, Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia? I mean, what if they go 2-1 and one in that stretch? They finished, They could finish 10-2. and two. Yeah. So I think they'll beat Arkansas. You, you hey, Dad, said that you need to see more from Florida before you believe. I just think they're a... Uh, I don't know if they're a good bad team or a bad good team, but I mean they're five and two, but they could easily finish six and six, seven and five. Three and one so far in the SEC. We're back after this, Sports Talk Mississippi. See what your life can truly be. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Johnny was a schoolboy when he heard his first Beatles song. Love me do, I think it wasn't from there, it didn't take Wow. Houston down 5-2, to two, had the bases loaded with nobody out. And they got nothing out of it. Got a strikeout and a ground out to end the inning. I wouldn't didn't see what happened in between, but whew, Rangers are hot, leading five to two. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Monday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. You can join us on the Ceasefire text line at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Hey, Dad, we had someone that asked if uh, you could elaborate on the party ribs that you mentioned earlier. I would be happy to. Uh, I had <laughs> Thank you a couple for slabs. Yes, I got no problem talking about this. Uh, you just take the ribs, get the membrane off, and uh, uh, you cut them into individual ribs. So you're not cooking the slab whole. Um, my mar- the, the glaze I, I came up with, I did. I, I followed sort of followed his recipe and did like an Asian style glaze. It was kind of salty. So I used uh, some sweet rubs that I had. I had three of them up there that I just I just finished them off. I had some meat church, honey hog. I had some uh, killer hogs barbecue rub, and I had uh, it's one called a uh, sweet rub of mine. Uh, I don't know where it was from. Did but you sing while you were putting that on? I did. I did the serpentine. Was, oh, sweet yes. rub of mine. Yes, a, e- a lot easier to do the serpentine in a chair that rolls. Um. Anyway, and then you cook them the same way. 
I cook wings around the vortex, right? So you, you put the charcoal vortex in there, and uh, you put the ribs around the vortex. And so instead of a slab of ribs taking, you know, four and a half, five hours, these were done in about 90 minutes. Came in, but tamping out about 195, 200, 205, nice and tender. Didn't fall off the bone, but came off the bone with, with no resistance when you bit into them. And I, I put I cooked them for about an hour and a half, and I, I took my bowl of glaze out there and just I dunked them, put them back on the grill, we gave them about five minutes, let everything tack up, and then walked and came, and came back in. I thought they were great. I mean, I was I'm usually really hard on myself when I cook. I'm just like ah, it just doesn't taste like I wanted it. No, not this time. I was really really pleased with the results. You ever done those, Borky? No, but I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I found I found baby backs on sale too, so it was a, a win win. Win all the way around. What were the uh, what were the yeah. sides? I made a little quick jambalaya with some Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. Ribs and jambalaya. It was good. I don't hear you talking about a whole lot of green that was on your plate, but uh, that's okay. Not not not. You know what? I just I I, I took a cheat day on on Saturday. I, I just woke up and I was like. So I went to Chick-fil-A for breakfast. Me and the dog, me and the oldest daughter got pizza for lunch, and then we had ribs for dinner. Did you fast yesterday? No, I just ate my normal stuff yesterday. There you go. There you go. So. Um, so you didn't spend the entire day Saturday on the couch or in the recliner. You moved around a little bit. There was some work in that. Yeah, I went for, I mean, went for a walk that morning and then watched uh, football for a little while and then... Went and cooked dinner and, you know, had to go in and out for that. Yeah. I like it. Hey, let's go back to something we talked about in the uh, first hour of the show, and that's health for Mississippi State. And we are operating on a uh, – in a limited information setting. Um, yeah. We don't said, need to know, evidently. Yeah, yeah you, you said that you don't think – that Will Rogers is going to play on Saturday. Correct. I, I don't think he's going to play, and I'm not 100% sure on Woody Marks. I'm, I'm much more sure that that Rogers will not play than I am that Marks will play, if that makes sense. And and is there a single injury to point to with Woody Marks or, or just kind of an ongoing? I think he's I just like, beat up. I feel like that's yeah. two or three years in a row with him also, where it's just like... He's, he's just beat up, and... and, and you know, he's taken a lot of hits over the years uh, at Mississippi State. You know, he's been four years now with however many carries and however many catches. He's, he's you know, he's had a ton of hits. Yeah. You, know, you, think, you think about college running backs, for the most part, I mean, the really good ones only get three years and, and they don't take as many hits versus Marks, who's in his fourth year as a starter, who not only has the carries, but he has all the catches. And you remember that first, first year, every time he caught the ball, his back was to the defense and a linebacker would just light him up. Because yeah. it was always the check down. So, you know, he's tough as nails, but there's only so much you can do. I, I thought, you know, if you want to play hindsight, I thought the decision to let him play against Western Michigan was a mistake. You didn't need him. You could have done without him. Just let him rest. But they put him out there, and he and he took a he took a shot in that game. And and now, I think he's going to miss. I think he's going to miss, but I, I, he could also play. That'll be a later in the week decision. I think Rogers is out. I'll be surprised if he plays on Saturday. Arnett talking today about what it, the offense would look like under Mike Wright, I thought was at least somewhat interesting. Basically, he said it's going to look the same as it's looked 
when he's been in the game. And we frankly don't have a great sample size to know exactly how they're going to use Mike Wright in a full-time capacity, but this is the kind of game where you hope to see some creativity from your offensive coordinator, right? You've got a totally different guy now if Rodgers is unable to go, which it doesn't sound like it, but that's not confirmed anywhere. A totally different guy at quarterback. Totally different. I mean, you can't run the offense the same way uh, that you did with Rodgers because, I mean, Mike Wright's been a starter in the SEC and accuracy was an issue. It's not like he's, you know, throwing with his feet or anything, but, you know, not not a premier passer for sure. Uh, right. Had the, the highest uncatchable ball rate in the SEC last year, which is not a good stat. He was dead last in the league in catchable pass percentage. Not good. But super athlete. So I would love to see things that we have not seen before this weekend. And I'm sure they're probably working on that, and they don't want to say that publicly. But this is a chance for Kevin Barbe to be be creative in the run game and show some wrinkles that Arkansas has not seen on tape yet. If it is Mike Wright, and, and Borky kind of alluded to it, so his numbers this year, he's 8 of 11. He's played in six games and has thrown 11 passes with one touchdown and no interceptions. Uh, he's got 20 carries on the year for 138 yards. So he's averaging right at seven yards a carry with three touchdowns on the ground. But I, I guess what I was going to say, could, could Mike Wright provide a spark? Could he bring something to the table at the quarterback position that hasn't been there? Yes. But if you're pinning your hopes on a complete renaissance of the offense – on the shoulders of a guy who couldn't win and hold on to the starting job at Vanderbilt, I mean, it, it feels like it's fair to say that part out loud, too. It absolutely is. And and one other thing to consider is, I don't really care who the quarterback is for Mississippi State if they're not going to be better defensively. You know, Mike Wright, Will Rogers, Nick Fitzgerald, Dak Prescott, who cares if you can't stop the opposing opposing team from getting in the end zone to the tune of 30-plus points per game? Who cares? So they 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 got much bigger issues in who the quarterback is. I think with Wright, you have some potential for some bigger plays than you had with Will, with Will Rogers. I don't know that you'll have the same. And I know it's, it's difficult to say consistency because State has not been great offensively this year. Against LSU, they were awful. Against Alabama, they weren't very good. They were good passing the ball against South Carolina, but they didn't. They weren't able to run the ball at all in that game. But you do get what I'm saying when I talk about Rodgers and his ability to just kind of manage the game. I don't know that Wright gives you the same uh, ability. I'm really, and we're still five days away, but I'm pretty intrigued to see what Arkansas's game plan is going to be because the simple fact is Arkansas has been bad running the football this year. As a team, for the season, they are averaging 2.9 yards per carry. That's mm-hmm. no bueno. And they don't pass or protect well either. I mean, they're, if State's defensive front is going to have a game where they look good, it's this one. I mean, they, they can't protect. They, they have the shortest time to throw in the SEC. As Richard said, they, they don't run block well, clearly. They don't pass block well. And Jefferson does have a tendency to hold onto the ball too long, which is weird because he's a veteran and also should understand in front of him is not good enough. But, yeah, so so State should, in theory, have their best 
defensive line game, in SEC play anyway, of the season on Saturday. They can't protect. They can't run block. If you can't get pressure here, you never will again. Yeah, and, and the thing that I was getting to, so so Arkansas is averaging 110 yards per game on the ground and 211 per game through the air. I mean, that's a bad offense. And yet, where has Mississippi State had the most trouble? It's been defending the pass. I mean, you, you saw what Jaden Daniels did. You saw what Spencer Rattler did. K.J. Jefferson is a different type quarterback than those two guys. I mean, good grief, you saw what the third-string quarterback for Western Michigan did. And Borky, even though Arkansas's offensive line is an issue, I feel like they're probably more talented than Western Michigan was. You would think. You would think. So the big question that I was getting to in terms of their game plan, does Arkansas just abandon the run? Do they just go out and say, we're going to pitch it all over the yard and make Mississippi State either get to K.J. Jefferson or we're going to see if we can light him up in the passing game? We'll see. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Hey, Dad, I got buried in numbers during the break. So I was looking at kind of total offense in the SEC, trying to figure out where Mississippi State is and where Arkansas is. and Chili towards the bottom? for <laughs> Ole Miss and Auburn. So just looking at scoring offense, points per game. LSU leads the SEC at 45.29, and I have a feeling that that number is going to go up. <laughs> Two losses. I know. I have a feeling that number is going to go up after they play Army yeah. this week. Yeah. Ole Miss is second at 41.67, and that includes a game where they scored 10 mm-hmm. on the road against Alabama. Auburn is dead last in the SEC at 27.67 points per game. I told Borky, I was like, we are in such a different place in college. Oh, yeah. Um, because I was thinking uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So I, I pulled up the 1999. So I guess that would have been 24 years ago. Mississippi State and their 30.17 points per game in 1999 would have given them the 29th scoring offense in the country. Yeah. And that would have been number three in the SEC. This year it's number eight. Auburn at 27.67 would have been 49th nationally. That is dead last in the SEC, and that was out of 114 teams. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, I'm just going <laughs> to – do you know who the worst scoring offense in the SEC was in 1999? We're gonna, we're I bet gonna it was test, LSU. 
It, it is not. 99. Think about who was really bad in 1999. Auburn was bad in 99. South Carolina. Oh, that's right. They went winless. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. In 11 games in 1999, South Carolina scored 87 points. They averaged <laughs> they averaged 7.9 points per game. Oh, look that season up. Jeez, well, what do scored, you say to your team in a locker room before the 11th game? Touchdown. Well, it was Lou Holt, so he, so he was like, let's get out there and score some points. They went 0 and 11. Uh, wow. Uh, LSU was see if there's an outlier that year. Didn't they lose to Walford that year? Who, I'll tell you in a second. Hold on. They no, they lost to East Carolina though. East Carolina. Okay. So, oh, oh my gosh, I got We got to go deeper here. Here, so okay. that team was they 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 didn't score more than fourteen points in a game until the final game of the season when they scored twenty one on Clemson. This was their. This is the breakdown for them. Zero nine three zero ten ten fourteen ten seven three twenty one. So going into the Clemson game, they're probably averaging a full point per game less. They scored. They had scored. I mean, I can do the math, right? Twenty one, sixty six. They had scored sixty six points in ten games. They're averaging six point six, less than a touchdown and an extra point per game. The Gosh! Top, the top two offenses in the country in 1999 in terms of scoring both came from the ACC. Do you know who they were? Florida State? No. Florida State was fourth. Wow, they won the national title. Okay. Uh, tied for, they were tied for fourth with Louisville at 37.5 points per game. Number two nationally. Nationally. In points per game in mm-hmm. 1999, Georgia Tech at 40.7 oh. points per game. Number one? Bobby Ross still there, goodness. Team that went 11-0 and in the regular season? The Virginia Tech Hokies. Virginia Tech. Michael Vick. 41.4 per game. Hmm. You really got me looking at the South Carolina thing, by the way. The year Kansas, before that, they Kansas went one State and ten, but they scored two hundred and seven. Yeah, well, they had Michael Bishop. That was a great kid. Yeah. They should have won the national title. That was the year before they should have won the national title. And so the, in ninety eight, South Carolina scored two hundred and seven points. They were okay offensively that year. The next year, when they went eight and four, they scored two hundred eighty three. What on earth happened in ninety nine? This couldn't do anything. Hmm. What year was that for Lou Holtz at South Carolina? That's year one. They they that was year one. Oh, uh, Josh and Laurel says that uh, Virginia Tech was in the Big East in '99. Good call. That's true. He's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Good call. Uh, geez, I miss the '90s even more now. That's on the Ceasefire text line. That sounds ugly. I mean, Auburn might as well be a '90s offense. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So this is one of my. This is much older, obviously. This is I always like to make this joke, though. This is I. I fully believe Mississippi State invented drinking at games because of the nineteen forty nine season. So in forty eight, State goes four four and one. 
They fire Alan McCain, which is something that's haunted this university to to today, basically. The next year, they went, uh, should not have done that. The next year, they went 0-8-1 and scored 38 points in nine games. They didn't score more than seven points in any game the whole year. Can you imagine watching that? You would have had to. They're like, why don't we bring some bourbon in? Do something. We got to do something to watch these games. And so State invented drinking at the game in 1949. Back to 24 years later, uh, these present times, Mike and Oxford are the question uh, pertaining to the Mississippi State Arkansas game on Saturday. More rushing yards. Yeah. KJ Jefferson or Mike Wright? I think it's going to be Mike Wright because I think Jefferson will have time in the pocket and he'll just he'll just throw. I I I don't know that they'll go with what you were saying just just abandon the running game, but I think that they will be pass heavy because look at the way State has played against the pass these past few games. Jaden Daniels thirty of thirty four, Rattler eighteen of twenty. Milrow was 10 of 12. The, the Western Michigan guy was above 75%. I mean, you can throw on Mississippi State. So I, I don't know that Jefferson will have to run a whole lot. Wright will probably – Wright and Wright's more likely to break a long run on a, on a broken play or something. Better question, Wright or Robbie mm-hmm. Ashford? More yards rushing? Mm-hmm. Well, that would well, imply I mean, he would get out of his Ashford? own way. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It, you, you, you can't help but know that Hugh Freeze is so incredibly frustrated by the lack of production at the quarterback position. I mean, anybody even... You've seen on his body language. I swear he did a cuss on the sideline because of it. I mean, it, it is... He, he, he did a cuss? I swear he did. He did a curse? I, he said a swear. But man, you can you can see it. Uh, not that I have sympathy for somebody like that, but you can see it on his face on the sidelines, where they will call basic stuff, and the call is right, and the play is there, and Peyton Thorne mails it. I mean, you're talking like a little ten yard hitch out at the sticks for a first down, and it's not close. Like what should be easy pitch and catch for high school quarterbacks. And you've got a guy that you tamper, I mean, that that you uh, got out of the transfer portal after he put his name in the portal uh, with no communication whatsoever. Um, you got you bring that guy in and he can't do basic stuff. The, I, every time I watch Auburn, I'm just like, I don't know what the academic issues were for Spencer Sanders that we talked about sometimes, but Auburn should have figured them out. They should have figured out a way to get him eligible because they would be a different team with him. They would probably have another win at least. At, at least. At least. I mean, Auburn ran the ball 34 times against LSU for 139 yards. Because you don't have to be afraid of anything. I mean, it's not like they have great weapons at wide receiver anyway, but my gosh, regardless of what quarterback is in, and it looks like he's – dancing, like balancing the who plays when just kind of out of nowhere. Like there appears to be no rhyme or reason to it. But neither one of them scares you at all. But they did go over 100 yards passing against an FBS team. Yeah. That's right. The fact that it was one guy did it and the team number was significant. So Peyton Thorne was 12 23 for 102. And Robbie Ashford was 3 of 4 for 52 yards. 
Seventy-five percent completion. Let him go. Let him. Let him. Let him have it. And, and I wonder if that's the most frustrating thing for Auburn. They, they they fired a coach, made their running backs head coach, the interim head coach, decided to go with Robbie Ashford, and they were more productive offensively at the end of last season in that scenario than they have been at any point this year. At, at any point. I guess quarterback is at the top of the list for Auburn this offseason. No doubt. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll put a bow on the Monday edition of the show when we come back. What we're going to do right here is go back. Now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. What am I listening to? It's the Black Keys. Well, the crooks are out. I need to listen to the Black Keys. Oh, you're that, not familiar with the Black that, Keys? You'd love not them. familiar. I need to check that out. Yeah, you'd like them. Their older Send stuff is some, better some, than their some, newer some stuff. Suggestions. But... Send me some stuff. I want to gotcha. hear some more of that. That was exciting. Richard, did you know I'm returning to the restaurant industry for one night only tomorrow? Did you hear about I, this? Uh, I saw that. You're yeah. going to be uh, waiting a... tables? Server? I will be. I, they are really stretching the word celebrity. I got to be totally honest with you, but I will be a celebrity waiter tomorrow night from seven to eight at Harvey's. That's when my shift starts. I, now, obviously, I couldn't be there when the show's on, and uh, we'll be raising money for the Octibaha County Humane Society, which I'm a big, uh, big booster of. So, very cool. Just, just know that if you show up, you know, all of my tips tips go to charity. So if you show up and you don't tip well. I'm going to use this very radio show to call you out. So I'm just I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to have your name. It's going to be on your car. and be like, hey, Bob Smith, you cheap so-and-so. What, you don't like animals? But just be prepared. You better, so, so you better be ready to give out the money. Are most of the people who are attending this soiree, do, do they know mm-hmm. what they're getting into? Like they they're coming so that they can support the Humane Society, or is this? Just I, I guess I mean they they've obviously advertised night. it. They've advertised it pretty heavily, so I, I I don't know. I've never participated in anything like this. So Robbie Falk will be there six to seven. So you get the lightning, and you know it's just like the real world, right? Lightning, you see the lightning, and then you hear the thunder. So I'll be there after him. All right, that's very cool. So yeah, I'm excited. Lane Kiffin was asked today why he thinks Auburn is a different team at home. We talked about Jordan-Hare Stadium earlier today. His answer was kind of interesting. I don't know that answer. The analytics support it, certainly. You can see our record there. We like breaking records. Someone said if we win this game, it's the first back-to-back wins against Auburn in 71 years. So that's Pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting thing to be able to do. I just think that place, having played there here, having played there at Alabama, just sometimes has some kind of magical things happen at it. 
Games are always sold out. The fans seem to be into all the games from the beginning on, and they seem to play better there, especially at night if you look at the stats over the years. It will be at night. It will be on the road, and Ole Miss will be trying to do something they haven't done in seven decades. It's crazy. History doesn't change the personnel that Auburn presents at quarterback, though. What, what, what have they not done in seven decades? Beaten one at Auburn night there in consecutive years. Ah, in seventy-one there. years. Okay. It's wow! Really? Wow! Yeah. Okay. Dang. That, that's according to what someone said to Lane Kiffin. So we'll we'll just go with it. I have not fact checked that. It's been few and far between, though. I mean, Ole Miss won there in 2015. Yeah. And then you got to go back to 2003. Obamanu. Yeah. Gosh. Gosh. Yeah. That means a lot of trips to uh, the Plains without a check mark in and- the left-hand column. <laughs> It's so weird how like you know, state has had some success against Auburn for the past right. decade or so, and and but they haven't had a whole ton of success against let's just say LSU, right? And then Ole Miss has had some success against Alabama in the last decade or so, but state hasn't had the same success again. I mean, two wins against Alabama in the last decade is as many as anybody else has. I promise you that. So it's just weird who, who state and Ole Miss have success against versus who they don't have success against. Yeah. It is, and and it's it's almost like every team's got that. I yeah. Mean, the, the the weird thing about the Kentucky series with Mississippi State, the road team never wins. Yes, yes, the road team has not won since twenty fourteen. And and you said that was Mississippi State in Lexington, right? That was, that was the first game after being ranked number one. Oh wow! Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see, and then. Mississippi State and Arkansas, that's been kind of a mixed bag, hasn't it? So, State won in 98 and then didn't win again until 2008. Then Arkansas won, I think, five in a row. And then State's won seven of the last ten since 2013. Say that one more time. State's won seven of the last ten against Arkansas. Oh, well. Chase in Columbus says, I just about missed the show, but my takeaway from the weekend... With Brock Bowers out, Ole Miss fans better be the biggest of all fans this weekend because LSU is going to beat Alabama. All right. All right. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Fun way to start the week. We'll get back to the Farm Bureau guest line tomorrow as we roll through the rest of the week and count down to another football Saturday with uh, teams from the Magnolia State in action. And... Don't forget, tomorrow night, Southern Miss at South Alabama. We'll talk more about that one tomorrow. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night.
running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.